When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Stereo Glassford, come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review. If you can, because I know you're in a bad mood right now. But everywhere you get your podcasts, if you can, give us a five-star review. It is sincerely appreciated. Plus, also as well, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, my shows, the Pop Culture Cosmos Show, which you can hear each and every week. We're dropping another great show tomorrow and on Friday as well. We do it twice a week covering the latest news and trends in pop culture. Game Source, where we cover the latest news and trends in video games primarily, and that can be found on Facebook. Plus, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Also as well, the great folks at LakersBall.com who I think need a collective hug right now. You can join Ox1947 and the folks at LakersBall.com. Be part of the conversation today at LakersBall.com. Also as well, (laughs) the prognosticator, Laker Todd. Read his latest article. Love you, Laker Tom. I know he said he wasn't feeling well for certain obvious reasons tonight, but the go check out his latest article today at lakerholics.com be part of the latest conversation today and at lakerholics.com plus jamie sweets latest article that'll be dropping on tonight's game and more be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.com plus our good friends at the hoop podcast network and if you can support all of that it is sincerely appreciated well, as we mentioned, Laker Tom, if you got a chance to check us out on the previous episode on Friday after the game, LeBron has scored 50 points. The Lakers had a win. Things were looking up. I was seeing the positivity from him and also as well, Joe Sorrell, and also Laker fans out there talking about what if, what if you get this LeBron and also as well, AD coming back who just got the walking boot come off and he's only just weeks away from getting back on the court with the Los Angeles Lakers. And it looks like he will be ready by the time playoffs come around. What will happen? We think we got a chance. We think everything is good. We think things are finally going to go our way this season. And then we stepped on the court. The Lakers did in Phoenix. And my God, it was a Sunday massacre. And it was right from the get-go. At least you knew right away, Lakers fans, 
that it was going to be painful. That way people could go ahead and decide to do other things. I actually had it running. I will be honest with everyone out there. I had it running alongside what I was doing, taping the Pop Culture Cosmos. And also as well, I got a chance to check out episode two of Winning Time, which I'll talk about on the back end of the show. But here today to talk about the 140 to 111 game that the Lakers got killed at, which they were never in any shape or form in this game at all, especially after giving up 48 points in the first quarter and being outscored 48 to 22 then. It was just all downhill from there. But here today to talk about the game, even despite LeBron James's 31 points, is a good man indeed. He is Ox1947, who had a really tough time today. So tough, he had to wear some shades. It is Ox1947, Joe Soro. All right, Corey Hart's in the house. Sunglasses at night, my friend. My wife gets on me for wearing glasses indoors. I had to... You know only the stars do that. I Well, I wear them because... Um, my eyes, I have 20-20 vision, but I just, my eyes relax better with less light. Just my thing. I don't, I don't know how else to say it, but uh, the I Relaxing wasn't a thing you couldn't I usually do. Don't, I TV. usually don't, and I don't put them on in my house, but I did feel that I needed to today after the five-minute mark of the first quarter, being that we were playing the Phoenix Suns. Uh, yeah, after the five-minute mark, I was pretty much I, – I knew I'd have to come back on here and explain that the last show was a complete fabrication. What I really wanted to say uh, after the Washington Wizards win was they are the Washington Wizards, and we just happened to play a game that we won against a terrible team and that it would not translate to Sunday – and it would likely be a blowout. That's that's who I am. I am a realist. However, I indulged possibly the audience. I don't know if they bought it. If you did, I'm sorry you did. That's probably the last time I'm going to do that. Uh, and thinking positive, I, I guess I sort of get it. You want to, you know, I, I, I do somewhat believe in if you bring the positive thing, positive things happen, but even that tends to kind of be BS too. <laughs> uh, it's the Lakers just don't have enough talent. They don't. They, this game showed within the first five minutes that the Lakers cannot hit open shots. They cannot run a decent offense. Not having Anthony Davis is just and, and a team that's not talented and is old. It's just not going to work. Stu Lance has said it for years. This is a young man's game. Granted, you have typically a veteran-type team that wins it every year, usually, a you know, season six, seven, eight-year uh, veteran-run team, but not 14 and 15 and plus. Uh, and we have a lot of those guys on this team. And that's, some, that's just the reality of it all, and it's starting to come to a, a final head here. Unfortunately, we're going to probably lose to the Clippers – in the play-in, which is what I am dreading right now. I wouldn't mind losing to Phoenix in the first round if that were the case. But the fact that we got to go into a play-in and lose to the Clippers because it's likely Kawhi and uh, PG-13 is coming back, uh, 
we're going to get smoked. New Orleans doesn't want to win any more games. San Antonio, I don't know if they have enough gas to get to get to the to the ten or the nine to put a button on this first comment <laughs> or the first comments. I just had the urge to watch the movie Get Out because I really believe I'm in the sunken place at the moment. And really good movie, by the way, absolutely it, a really good fantastic movie. movie. Uh, anytime a movie can get you really angry and want to go and take heads off they've 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 done their job and again it's where i feel like we are in and and that sunken place is it's it's never gonna stop it it's over (laughs) this year has this this is the end of the movie we're coming up to the end of the movie whatever's happened in the movie whoever's been in that spot is in that spot there's no reversing it so we're in that no reverse mode and the way Anthony Davis's ankle twisted being someone who's twisted their ankle at the very least 50 times in their life. And at least a couple times like that, that is not going to be a recovery this year. Maybe he will try to play, but he will not be effective. Anthony Davis doesn't have a pain threshold that would allow it. And in, Unfortunately, he doesn't have any help other than LeBron James and on the occasion, uh, the, the few role players that we have. So we are we are going to win here, win there. And it looks like the competition from nine and below isn't really seizing the moment. So it's very it's looking like we're going to get that play in series but we are likely going to get smoked and smoked extremely badly by either the Clippers or what looks like Minnesota. And Minnesota has been, uh, I'd say Minnesota has really worked us just, just as much as Phoenix has this year. It's the first time I've ever seen it happen, but they, they seem to match up very well against us and they, they can't beat Minnesota. So yeah, we're two and a half weeks away from coming to this, awful end and we're going to have to hang in there for probably another game or two and we can finally end the movie end the movie and put it away and and just say a hail mary that rob can revamp this thing in the summer or it's sayonara for the lebron era and that would be a shame because again you can see that even on games like this where they're instantly out of their league. It just seems like this was a game where they didn't have it from the start. And unfortunately the Lakers just couldn't do anything defensively that would even stop them in that first quarter. It was just hilariously bad with the Lakers. You could see LeBron says, okay, you know what? We've got this as a loss. We're going to count as out. I'm going to still get my points. I'm going to still try and get, enough points to start to pass or get close to or try to pass Carl Malone as fast as I can and also to try and average 30 points and be the oldest man to in the NBA to ever do so. You can see he still has goals in mind. Is it playing too much for himself? Or I know he's already been accused of that in recent days, especially with the 250-point games. The thing is, he can't carry this team anymore or he can't carry a team anymore on his back like he once did what he can do though is still score and still score a lot ultimately it doesn't add up to wins as much as as it used to but still i mean the fact that he's he's the only thing out there 
I know a commenter on one of my posts over the weekend, he said, you know, it's just him. He's the only one out there seemingly at times. You're right. He is the only one out there, whether by choice or by design, he's just not getting much help. This is the worst team he's been on. Even the 07 Cavaliers who are not, I mean, 07 is by far the worst season I've ever seen the East have in terms of just overall quality of teams. And I mean, you can't even compare that to this. This is just an old team that's broken down and you're, th- there was no margin of error here. Yeah. Uh, we didn't anticipate the third star being not only ineffective, but polluting the team. We also had another YouTube viewer said simply is Alan Pino said, LeBron and everyone else. And I think Well, yeah, LeBron. So LeBron, the thing with LeBron is LeBron is the, the word polarizing is 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 the perfect description of LeBron because he'll say some things like recently he just said I commented on Lakers ball on some of our chat not not game time, but you know, in, in our posts. I, I he had mentioned how, you know, the Laker fans are disappointed and they know their basketball. The fact that he acknowledged that is very thoughtful of him to say that and this is the thing that I again frustrates me about LeBron is he he's smart enough to know but a lot of times he lets his emotion speak and he ends up talking kind of out of sorts and it's just not a interpretation issue it's 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 not a it's 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 just again an emotional response and it usually doesn't sound right so this is the part I like about LeBron when he when he thinks a little and says something that's common sense. Just like we're not, we're, we're Laker fans are extremely knowledgeable. There are some yahoos out there. There's, there's yahoos in every fan base. There's yahoos in every part of anybody's culture. So when we talk about Westbrook and calling him West brick or talking about LeBron and some of the stuff that he says, that's kind of head scratching. We're not saying this to, 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 at least I'm not saying it to to want to not like them. I want to like them, and this has nothing to do with their families. This has nothing to do with their personal lives. This is strictly about ba- basketball, and this is a, another. And this needs to be a lesson for people who are watching this, who need to understand that you know the constant Twitter and Instagram and social media. Now we're closer to the athletes and the actors and the celebrities and all. You know, I I, I don't like. I don't like that. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to know what LeBron does when he goes and eats breakfast. I couldn't care less. I if I walk by LeBron today, I'm walking by and I'm going wherever I'm going. I'm not going to sit there and try to get an autograph. I know that's me. It's just I, I'm not. I don't really get starstruck. I'm not impressed by anyone, really, other than people that I know. I, you know, I just I'm not. So it's easy for me to feel good about criticizing the play because I'm only talking about their play. I'm only talking about Kurt Rambis's inability to coach or manage or Byron Scott's inability to connect with players these days or LeBron saying something that has nothing to do with the, the team or Westbrook not taking accountability for his play. These are things that are about their, their work that pertains to what I'm interested in, which is making sure the Lakers have as much opportunity to win as possible. And that's it. And that's something that needs to be 
reiterated and needs to be said all the time. We're in a situation right now where LeBron is going for his stats. Well, what else is he going to do? At least exactly. He's... I mean, he doesn't get much help. Yeah. So what can he do at this? Well, point? at this point, what's he going to do? Just sit. I, I'm. I am not. I am not a supporter of tanking or sitting. Even during the Laker tank years, it was. It, it, it was. It was excruciating to just sit there and say, "Do you?" I'm not. I can't just want to lose. It doesn't compute. So LeBron is going to start is going to play and he's going to get his stats because he's playing is it a big part of what he's trying to do is I mean yeah yeah Jordan wanted to win scoring titles but he also wanted to win championships it's okay it's okay to want you're you're an individual player that wants to better his situation you want the stats you want the scoring title you want to make the all-star team you want to do these things and the fact that that might get blocked that it, it's it doesn't it's what that's not it's not very smart I mean, come on I, I it's fun it's it, enjoy yeah. it you want the you want to be the best at everything you do and this is what you want to do and LeBron I, I LeBron is probably going to be the first well he's already the first 30 10 10 player ever He's going to be a 40-10-10 player, and that record is as unattainable as the 56-game hitting streak by Joe DiMaggio. Say that, spell that out again. You said 40-10-10. 40-10-10, which means 40,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 10 assists. Okay, because he passed the 30,000-10-10. Yes, correct. He just passed it uh, today, tonight. So that is a career triple-double at 40,000 points, you are talking about, <laughs> uh, you know, let's segue to who I compare him to, which is that now Tom Brady has now come back after a six-week retirement. <laughs> so the, I, guess, I guess Giselle didn't want him around the house after all. No, I, I don't. I, I There was some things going on about two weeks after he announced he was retiring. I'm going, is he, what? what why is this even coming out? talking about, well, you know, this and that. I won't get into the details. Obviously, this is a Lakers show, but just re- retire when you're dead <laughs> at this point. Let him take you out. Let let some guy cheap shot you and really take you out. I mean, at this point, the guy threw for 5,300 yards this year. LeBron is scoring 30 points like he's, like he's 28 again. Win the scoring title. Get your stats. And where else can you get another forty? Let's get, give us something. Give us something to celebrate. You know, just like Kobe scoring sixty in his last game. Everyone is sitting there going, "Well, it took him fifty shots to get 60. Dude, it was his last game. He scored sixty. No one is ever going to score sixty in their last game, ever. That'll never happen again. So enjoy the games too. Enjoy. It's hard. I know every game, every year, you want them to win the championship, but you also got to look at the feats and. Say that, hey, I saw Kobe's last game where he scored 60. It was the, 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 the building was electric. It was as big as a finals game clincher in, in a lot of ways. And you were there to watch it, and it was nice. LeBron is going to pass Karl Malone this year, and he's going to pass Kareem halfway through next year, and he's going to be wearing a Laker uniform. And all it does is every, every, every what, 20, 30, 10, whatever years, it just shifts to another Laker. 
Every record shifts without a Laker. So enjoy it as a Laker fan that we're able to see Carl Malone in a Laker uniform, Kareem in a Laker uniform, LeBron in a Laker uniform, and they just and just enjoy this and understand that at this point, with all the stuff that's going on this year, that we're not winning, we're not going to get out of the play-in. And even if we did, it'll be four and oh, and then we can finally metaphorically put the shotgun right in the mouth and let it rip. So, yeah, yeah. Enjoy the enjoy the last fifteen games and whatever is left after that, if there is. And and let's let's start. I'm I'm hoping that Rob and the front office can turn this around this summer. It's if there's one guy that you can do it with, it's LeBron where you can have a really bad season, because he's already done it, right? 2018, you know, they didn't look like they were going to do much after that. Boom, in one summer, we win the championship the following year. So it's possible. And LeBron seems to be, he might have slowed down, but he's still pretty capable. We have to kind of hope that AD goes into 1999-2000 Shaq mode in his training this offseason, and then he can he can maybe stay healthy next year. But if he didn't do it this last season, I don't know when he'll do it, to be honest with you. I'm not, I don't have a lot of confidence in that. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, the Lakers, uh, I'll just say it, they got smoked. 140 to 111 by the Phoenix Suns at Phoenix. Tomorrow night, they are back at the Crypto.com Arena playing against the Toronto Raptors. That game is usually is a Monday, 7.30 tilt, Pacific time. We'll be here after the game. But before we head on out, my friend, I do want to go ahead and note a couple things before we head on out. Also, some comments from the YouTube viewers out there. I wanted to go ahead and share that with you and hear your thoughts on it before we head on out. But I do want to mention that while I was watching the Lakers debacle, in which, again, just a terrible defensive performance, they were outmanned, outgunned, every which way they were out, they were out. I do want to mention that I did get a chance to see episode two of Winning Time on HBO and HBO Max. It basically, in, I won't be in broad details because I know Joe hasn't seen it yet, so no spoilers as far as really in-depth. It does, again, uh, detail the early beginnings of the Lakers dynasty in regards to just before the Lakers set out in the 1979-1980 season. Magic had just been drafted in episode one. This deals a lot more with the aftermath of the Lakers drafting him, number one. Also, as well, it deals with the behind-the-scenes stuff as they're just starting under the Dr. Jerry Buss regime. John C. Riley does a great job. Once again, he, he does a fantastic job of, of acting in this as Jerry Buss. I do want to say, though, I, don't, I want to hear your opinions next time we chat on Jason Clark's rendition of Jerry West, because I think it's bordering on going a little bit over the top, and you'll see why in this episode. I th- it was a very amusing performance in episode one. It was actually quite entertaining. 
we'll see where it goes in episode two for you. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. But overall, another solid episode. It was directed by Jonah Hill, giving everybody the heads up out there. Known as the executive producer, Adam McKay's star in Don't Look Up. So yeah, he directed this episode. So hopefully everybody will get a chance to see it. Plus also a meeting between Dr. Jerry Buss and Red Auerbach. But I'll leave that up to you to go ahead and check that out. That's episode two of Winning Time. I thought it was good. Not quite as good. It didn't land quite the home run as episode one, but still pretty good. Check that out today. HBO Max, Winning Time. So I'm ready to hear your thoughts tomorrow, hopefully, or sometime this week, Joe, on it when you get a chance to check it out. But definitely so far, it's been worth the watch. Translation of real life to film let's say usually well, there are some things that were taken liberties for entertainment purposes well and again it's it's that. translation it's the translation is difficult to match real life it's it's not as entertaining and it's not as we want to see when it comes to movies when it comes to make-believe things that you see on tv you'll hear things an audience say a viewer say oh you know like even if let's say if brad pitt was on the street, he was nice to somebody. And it's usually the same lingo. Oh, you know, he's he's just like everybody else. The reality is the true audience doesn't want him to be like everyone else. That's why he's Brad Pitt. They want him to be bigger than life. I just wonder what Jerry West is thinking. When well, again, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. So now Jason Clark is playing what Jerry West is inside. This is a TV show. You can't do a movie where you have to show the inner demon and you, you have to have a creation of that. You know, you have to explain why he's in dread and depression, which is what Gary Vitti said. Gary Vitti refused a payout as a consultant on this show because of that because he said this is not true jerry west was in himself and a tortured depressed man that doesn't translate if you're not building a story around that regularly He's well in- i want you to see the episode first before you go ahead and i'm pretty it. sure i know again this is something i've had to discuss with people around me uh again i've never directed a oscar-winning movie but i have been on several uh, projects as an actor, as a producer, still striving to get to that spot. And what, That's what why he has the shades, everyone. Well, the shades was, <laughs> I thought, it, again, we were playing uh, guys from Phoenix. I thought it was fitting. Plus it's my thing. But anyways, an example too, that I always use to make, to make it make sense. Why uh, true to the story depictions versus something that's a little bit more embellished. If you've seen the movie Tombstone versus the movie that Costner did called Wyatt Earp, Wyatt Earp was a commercial disappointment. Yep. And not as, it's not as like from an audience as Tombstone. Tombstone, you look at Tombstone, there's a lot more Hollywood in it versus the. the oh, no true. doubt. It was shorter. It was catered to more to a general audience consumption right. at that point in time. So we say we, say we want to see, and that's, the, that's just one example, by the way. I just like to use that example because. Almost everyone I know. At least, I think audiences now are more sophisticated than they were back. Yeah, the but they, they need it. True. But you also still need, you need more of a TV show. You need 10 episodes to explain the story. People are not, 
either people are going to say, ah, that movie was not good, but then it was two hours. Of course it's not going to be good. There's not enough story time to do that. But then I, I, I like that the fact that Batman ha- was almost three hours and people were engaged and understood why it was three hours. But some people will still be like, oh, oh God, this was too long, three hours. I don't want to sit in a theater for three hours. So it, our taste changes over time, and especially with the streaming culture that we have we want to see we want to see 10 episodes binge those like it's a 10-hour movie it's weird how that works we're okay sitting in our house binging for 10 hours eating chips and drinking soda but you can't sit and watch batman in a theater where it's you got all this beautiful screens and and and, and sounds and you can't what you're paying for it now these days people are a lot more patient (laughs) okay i'll end it at this it's funny that people complain about the price of TV. I had a friend who's like, oh, I canceled my cable and satellite. You know, they always got this. I feel like people who say that I was like a snob. And then I find out they're paying for Netflix, Roku, Hulu. It's just shifted. I'm like, you just shifted all your money to eight different apps. I go, that's actually worse. I can just... Watch my direct TV. Watch whatever I want on that. Why would I go to 18 different apps? So people are so full of crap sometimes, and it makes sense even more when it comes to what they want to see on TV and what they want to see that's true. Look, you don't want to see what's true. You want the action. And for me, maybe it's easier for me to know because I know Jerry West, not personally, but I've heard it all. I heard... The Sidney Moncrief thing, years ago, I heard he's tortured. He can't watch every game as a game seven. You've heard all that. So I already heard all that. But his depiction of this maniac is basically him inside. They're just making it outward so you can see it. Otherwise, him sitting there doing this, you're going to be sitting there going, What's wrong with him? Why is he doing anything? Oh, he does a little bit of that as well. But, you know, again, check out the episode two on HBO Max. It is winning time. It's been a good watch so far. If you have any thoughts on it, please let us know in the comments anytime you want or Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. But before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to drop this on you, man. Two great comments from our YouTube viewers. I know Terrell Davis does usually an awesome job. But I wanted to go ahead and focus on Andrew McFarland and Wes Trueblood on our YouTube channel. And thank you so much, all three of you guys, for watching us on a regular basis. Wes Trueblood, he laid some comments on us on our last episode. Another great show, guys. I just cannot see this team doing anything in the playoffs. I hope I'm wrong. But even in my most optimistic moments, I cannot see this team making it out of the first round. Just like you, Joe. We are just one game above 500 with both AD and LBJ in the lineup. And I think we have the worst or second worst record in the league since the all-star break. Everything for us has to go right to get a win. It seems. And in the playoffs, it'll be next to impossible for us to execute the number of perfect games necessary to make it past the best teams in the West to say nothing of also beating whatever team makes it out of the East. I think that's as eloquently and well put, just concise right there. Just what you've been talking about, just what I've been talking about, and it's something, again, it's a harsh reality that this Laker fans have to face. It's going to set us apart on this show versus our competition because I was reading some stuff on our competition, and I'm not going to name their names, 
but the delusion, the planet delusion they're on. Well, John, I mean, Joe, let me just say, after Again, the 50 points, after the 50 points for LeBron, it brought some of that delusion no, on out. No, 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 no. This, this is ridiculous. I'm sorry. But they, they were anticipating could this be an upset tonight. No, there was no upset tonight. AD wasn't playing, and this team stinks. It's There's no way. You had, might have had a chance a little bit, but we have no one to guard Aiden. Aiden, for some reason, looks like, Patrick Ewing, Olajuwon, and David Robinson all in one when he plays against the Lakers. It seems like you just can't stop him. And I don't really – I mean, he's good, but not that good. Yeah. Uh, and then they don't miss shots. Phoenix doesn't miss shots. We miss everything. We miss everything. They overcorrected. They went from number one defense last year, even without AD half the time, to they shifted to offense. And these guys, they score, but they can't score when it matters. It's too late at that point. It's just – fluff you know they're down 30 and then they'll go on a run where they'll go you know 12 and 0 but that that those are they're not meaningful points and they there was a stat that one of the Lakers empty uh, calories as it were it's very oh 100 so we were talking about on the last show and I'm glad we're talking about this I actually had forgotten I wanted to and I've got one more after you when you're done excellent so here's the here's the thing with the NBA we've been talking about why are these guys not playing 82 games a year why are they why do we have triple doubles that don't mean anything or people are scoring 30 points? I mean, well, the reason why is because I think we're getting like 20 or 30 more possessions a game. And it, if, when you're doing that, your, your body is in constant. You don't have that half court dribble, 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 set the offense, give the ball to the big guy and then let him do his business anymore. We don't have that anymore. Now it's all five players just running around and, just doing their sprints, shooting when they can get open and going back and this. So you got more possessions, you got more activity for 48 minutes in the body and you have players that are, they're, you know, they're, they're putting a lot of pressure on their joints. They're jumping higher, they're shooting higher, they're moving around higher, they're, they're, they're all over the place. And you saw, you saw that today because Phoenix has younger players and they have more talent and we don't. And like Stu, Stu Lance says, this is a young man's game, and the Phoenix Suns are very young compared to the Lakers. You just you can't you can't compare it anymore at this point. Well, I'll tell you what. Before we head on out, my friend, one last comment, and this is a good one. It's a really long, thought out, detailed one. Thank you so much to West Trueblood for dropping his knowledge. Tomorrow, Joe, if you're on, or this week, you got to go ahead and give me your final four picks. I've already filled out my bracket, so I will go ahead and share that on tomorrow's show on Monday night against the Toronto Raptors. So I'll, I'll give you some time to think about that as well. But before we head on out, and thank you so much to Elton and JC for the thumbs up on Facebook. It is truly appreciated. Wanted to mention Andrew McFarland before we head on out, because anybody who takes the time to drop this kind of comment on the YouTube channel I got to go ahead and pay respect to whether it's a differentiating comment or something like that. Anybody who spends the time typing this up, you got to go ahead and acknowledge that for LeBron to score a lot, the game must evolve into a beginner format with him dominating the ball and four shooters around him. That's uh, not to be the first one to be to say it's something like that. So, I, I mean, that's worked for him in the past. Absolutely. Ball dominators like LeBron, Luka, and Harden seemingly have well-rounded stats but are, in fact, limited to playing one way, ball-dominant way. These ball-dominant skill sets tie a coach's hands and forces them to employ a simpleton, low-team assist brand where one guy hogs the team assists. 
The coach is forced to replace normal ball movement and system offense with the talent of LeBron or Luka making all the plays. It's a paper tiger that requires ridiculous supporting talent to win. Still more, my friend. Still quite a bit more. LeBron's skill set is a big man ball dominance. He starts in the front court, but then becomes a second point guard on the floor. Second player with a point guard hold time. These two point guard lineups give teammates less hold time and assists than they get in a traditional one point guard lineup. So the team has low assists and struggles on the championship level. Indeed, the common thread here is that LeBron's final losses is massive deficits in team assists. So when LeBron scores a lot, it's too ball dominant to beat good teams, weak brand of ball, and also lacks the elite jump shooting skill to defeat maximum defensive attention and carry the scoring load. LeBron never carried the scoring load in the playoffs and finals while winning a title. To summarize, LeBron actually isn't a good scorer because his high scoring is too ball dominant to beat good teams while also lacking the elite jump shooting skill to defeat maximum defensive attention and carry the scoring load. Since he can't beat good teams with high scoring or carry the scoring load in the finals, he needs elite first options to play sidekick like Wade, Kyrie, or AD. These sidekicks actually outplayed league MVPs or F MVPs, finals MVPs, of course. That's the most help possible. Bosch outplayed Rose in 2011. Kyrie outplayed Curry in 2016, and AD outplayed Jokic in 2020. Wade significantly outproduced Dirk in the 2011 finals. These sidekicks also matched or led LeBron in scoring for entire playoff runs, 11, 16, and 20. This matters because everyone in history had equal scoring partners to attract equal defensive attention for various playoff runs, so they didn't always face maximum defensive attention. Any period without facing maximum defensive attention is inflated stats compared to Jordan, who carried the scoring load in every series, let alone playoff run. Jordan averaged 10 to 30 points more than Pippen in every series, let alone playoff run. Edit. There's two series where Pippen averaged 8 and 4 less than MJ, but every other series was 10 or more. Here's Kenny Smith mentioning the salient point, and he had a connection to a YouTube, a link that's up there. If you want to go ahead and check out this in the comments from Friday's game, I actually had a chance to check it out. And furthermore, teams like the 04 Pistons and 11 Mavs didn't win by superior talent. They won by superior chemistry and brand of ball. Similarly, the Spurs, Warriors, and 90s Bulls developed the best brand of ball in the league. I know you're very high, Joe, on the Bulls. Learning the best brand and chemistry in the league is required of all organic winners. So LeBron never learned a superior brand on how to win and only learn talent-based winning. That's the reason why he did his team hopping and all-star team strategy. He simply never evolved out of the ball-dominant offenses that revolved around him, so he never learned to elevate teammates beyond the spot-up roles or learn sophisticated high-team assist offenses. Jordan was good enough to score the greatest of all time amounts running off screens and using elite jump shooting skill or quick ISOs. This fit with a wider range of teammates and allowed them for the best offensive strategy. Coaches could run any offensive strategy with Georgia's skill set. So he had four number one offenses with greatest of all time margins above league average. You know, just he goes on and finishes up with ultimately Jordan averaged six more points per 100 possessions than anyone in playoff history with a better efficiency. Pippen actually had the lowest career APG compared to LeBron's sidekicks like Westbrook, Wade, Kyrie, Rondo. 
Jordan also got more defensive player of the year votes than Pippen every year while being a top five defensive player of the year and scoring champ from 88 to 98. Overall, Jordan has the number one all-time production rate in points per game, PER, BPM, whatever race you want to go ahead and, and take a look at. But he is very high on Jordan as being a greater individual in basketball than LeBron James. The debate's always going to be there, but you know, I want to give credit again. I know you've been silent during all this, but Andrew McFarland, you put a lot of time and thought into what you're saying. If you want to check out his comments in full, it's there on our previous game in the YouTube comments. Man, just my props to you, my friend. You know, whether you have Jordan or LeBron, the kind of thought and detail you put into this is simply amazing. Andrew absolutely hit the nail on the head in the most eloquent, most concise way possible. When he put the description, that, that first paragraph of that the, the description of LeBron, if you didn't hear LeBron, you would have thought he was talking about Magic Johnson. Yeah. Which only adds to the fact that the early prognosis was he was the next Magic with a little bit of infusion of Michael. That was what he came out of high school with, right? So it makes full sense. There were times in the 80s, plenty of time in the 80s, where they said when Magic scored 40 points, they always seemed to lose those games. It was better when he was the distributor and had the ability to get the team involved. Talent-based winning is another line that I really like. I've heard it before, but it seemed to ring true even more with Andrew saying it. LeBron is a, again, the times are different now. The demonstrative dictator type star is not, is not here anymore. And, and if you need proof that it wasn't working too, Chris Paul was having issues. Chris Paul is like that. That's why guys like Blake Griffin and, and DeAndre Jordan, that's why their chemistry never worked because they didn't put up with his demonstrative attitude. He would likely tell them, you guys are stinking it up, be better. But they took it to heart and didn't really turn into Scottie Pippen or Bill Wennington or Hal Gasol or Lamar Odom, they didn't turn into those guys. They didn't get better with that criticism. They actually shrunk. LeBron's personality, even if it was demonstrative, would it translate? Probably not in this era. I, I just don't think the today's culture, today's mentality, it doesn't look like it would it, it, it would work. And LeBron, LeBron's issues with his failures he's had a few failures that shouldn't have happened i don't I, his team was up 2-1 in the 2011 finals he should have won that yeah i don't know what happened to him and that had nothing to do with the, the fact that the, he needed a talent based win i mean he'd already he's already there he's got two more wins get it done you're the best player in the league at the time and and go win it i don't know what happened there 2014, he's still in his prime. He comes up lame after, you know, in game three, and then it was donezo after that. Those are the type of things that resonate. And Kobe, 
in 2004. He didn't play very well in that series, and he blamed himself for that loss. There is, there is chronicled video proof that in the biggest games, guys like LeBron, guys like Kobe, guys like Shaq, guys like Magic, guys like Kareem have come up lame. Now, it's not fair to say that everybody needs to be perfect, but the issue with Jordan, okay, and they mentioned the Detroit thing, and I'm going to explain that real quick so you understand, and it'll correlate with LeBron and Andrew's explaining of why and who and what when it comes to LeBron James, because it is the best description I have ever heard. I am going to go back on YouTube after the show, read it, and talk to Andrew, because that's the kind of guy I want to talk to. Now it's on our it's on our Friday video. Just want to let you know. right. I'll definitely I'll definitely go ahead and, and, and go ahead and get to that. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get it before. That's a I, I usually don't miss those type of things. But Michael Jordan was ascending during the Pistons beatdown, and what it ended up doing is it actually ended him. It ended up making him better once his team was set. Once he was set. He never failed in the big game. Never. At least not when he was playing the full season. And not only was he doing that, he did all he did in a very compacted time. He only did it from 84 to 98 with a brief year and a half uh, break. So you're talking about someone who won 10 scoring titles, won a defensive player of the year, which... I will admit, LeBron got robbed the year Marcus Gasol won. He should have won Defensive Player of the Year that year. So, you know, again, if you want to look at stats and, and, and awards, definitely. And I, I'm still angry that, he, that Kobe didn't get Sixth Man of the Year in 98, but that's, again, another story. So you have, you have this compacted time, compacted time that Jordan was as dominant. What was the line I heard in the, in the last dance? It was the best line, one of the best lines, I keep saying best line, but there's so many good lines. One of the reporters said, Jordan did his job better than anyone has ever done a job ever, (laughs) you know? And then you look at the stats and you look at the accomplishments, Jordan from 84 and really 85, he he broke his ankle, so it wasn't really a full season. So in, in his full seasons, let's say 84, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, 96, 98, 13 years, 13 years of full seasons. Jordan won 10 scoring titles, won six NBA championships, won five MVPs, won finals MVP six times, was the title bearer of the Godfathers, Larry Bird and Magic. Larry Bird and Magic brought the NBA out of the grave. They were about to die. And then as soon as... Larry and and Magic brought him out. They handed it to Jordan. And Jordan was, he was everything. He was the guy that put up with the media. You didn't see him storming off and telling everybody to go F off. He might have, but we never saw any footage of it. Media generally liked him, loved him. Fans loved him. And it was an era where you could be a little bit of a dictator and people were like, you know, get, get your, get your, pull up your pants, be a big boy. And he, he, he finished it off never failing in the biggest games, like in the finals. And he's won more titles than all those guys. So at this point, 
What are we really arguing about? The guy never failed in the biggest stage. And he carried himself in a way where, how do you not admire him? Even in the last dance, he's explained to people, and I like that he put this in the, in the documentary, why, if you're angry at me for saying things like, Republicans buy choose two, or I'm saying th- I'm, I'm coming off like I'm not supporting things that are important to you. Well, then maybe you should be following me. He kept it simple, right? Fast forward to LeBron. LeBron, you're in a different era. You're in a different generation. You have different a different mindset. You came from a different place. You know, all these things play into this, right? And LeBron, in the end, became a stat guy because of his longevity. And he's 6'8", and he runs like a deer, and he can handle the ball. And I got to be honest, man, I thought he's gotten really good at shooting the last two, three years. I mean, his drop step fade is, I mean, I I didn't think he'd ever get a post move. He got the post move as a Laker, so I'm very impressed. And, again, he's – how do you deal with the fact that your guy, your your prime player, is not there? We, we, we were up 2-1 against Phoenix last year when, when AD was healthy. The second he went out, it was over. There was no margin for error there. Yeah, that's just great comments. Great comments. Wes, Andrew, both you guys did a great job. If you have any comments, as always, at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, leave it under our Facebook or YouTube pages wherever you catch our videos, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Be part of the conversation today. You can also leave your comments there at LakersBall.com. And, of course, Lakerholics.com and be. But once again, the Lakers head into Phoenix and get roasted by the Suns, 140 to 111, even though LeBron James now is the only man to have 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 10,000 assists, which he got today on his assists. So congratulations to him. It doesn't mean very much when they get smoked like they did, but congratulations to him nonetheless. The team now, just to give you a heads up, is 29-38. and 38. They're still a game and a half ahead of New Orleans, still ninth place in the Western Conference. They're five and a half games behind the Clippers, so I think it's pretty much settled right now. The team's going to be their ninth or tenth. They are two and a half games ahead of Portland, so it looks like they will probably keep the distance, but we'll wait and see what happens. This is going to be a pretty tough week ahead, so they've got four games on tap coming up pretty soon. They're going to go ahead tomorrow night at the Crypto.com Arena, and face off against a, a really, really uprising team in the Toronto Raptors. A lot of great young wings there. A lot of uh, guys there that can really get it done. Fred Van Vliet has been shooting sensationally. So we'll see what happens there. But they face off against Toronto tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. But after the game, we'll go ahead and be here with Joe, his sunglasses, the whole nine yards. So we'll go ahead and... Check that out indeed, but please go ahead and be part of the conversation tonight, tomorrow night, going forward. We look forward to having you here on the post-game show or wherever you get your podcast. But once again, the Lakers lose 141-11, and we'll be back tomorrow night after the Toronto game, sunglasses and all, right here. I was sunburned today. That's why I'm wearing them. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The puns indeed, but... We'll be back, sunglasses and all, tomorrow night after the Raptors game, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.